It is officially November, and we are two weeks into the NBA season. Gee, I wonder if there's something to talk about today. Hmm. Is it Shea Gilgis Alexander? Yes. Is it the Spurs and the Jazz? Yes. Suns winning five in a row? Yes. Bucks being undefeated, the only undefeated team in the association? Yes. But we're not going to start with basketball today. We'll get the intros out of the way, and then we're going to get to the elephant in the room. What's up, guys? Spencer Davies, Brian Fritz. Another episode of Keeping It 94, courtesy of the BasketballNews.com podcast network. There's an elephant in the room, a giant elephant in the room, and Brian wants to talk about it. I'm reluctant to talk about it because I hate giving individuals attention that don't deserve it, but it is important to kind of reflect on how the league is handling this situation. And that's what's going on in Brooklyn. Well, first off, the Nets, Steve Nash, gone after seven games, calling it a mutual parting of ways. I'm sure Steve Nash is absolutely just relieved that he doesn't have to answer press questions for any of his players. We know that there's one in particular that stands out. Um, and we're going to get to that. But Brooklyn apparently already in line to hire Ime Udoka, who was suspended by the Celtics for making inappropriate comments and having an improper uh, consensual relationship with a staffer. But uh, the Nets are already, you know, have that essentially in line. It hasn't been announced yet, and it hasn't been reported yet as a done deal, but it is expected to happen. Right now, Jock Vaughn is the acting head coach. And Jock Vaughn, if you remember, in the bubble was somebody that Brooklyn really liked what they saw from him. So I'm surprised that they didn't just stick with him and see what happened. Instead, they go out and get a coach that's suspended for a year from another team. Said team will not pay back any compensation or ask for any compensation uh, for Ime Udoka. And uh, it's just a whole jumbled mess. Uh, in Brooklyn, and that's just the beginning. There, There's more. There's more, but we'll start there. It is an absolute mess, and we sit here, we could talk about certain franchises around the league and what's going on with them and how they're struggling and front offices and everything, but the Nets are at the top of the list right now with everything that has gone there, on and there, and, and it's not just this year. This is like a culmination of what's happened over the last three years. And on paper, several years ago, a lot of people thought, and rightfully so, like, hey, man, they've got Kyrie Irving, they got Kevin Durant, they got James Harden. You're like, how is anybody going to beat this team? But things happen in the NBA between injuries and personalities and conflicts, people coming, people going, changes to the roster. And this is where the Nets are at right now to where they have just fired a coach after just seven games, after an offseason where one of their star players said he wanted the coach to be fired if he was not going to be traded. And there's plenty of distractions on this team, one with the other star player, now with a new coach that's most likely coming in. And on top of that, the team is playing horribly. They're two and six on the season. They lost a game last night that they were leading the entire game against the Bulls. 
but then uh, got out scored by 12 points in the fourth quarter, then lose by nine. Zach Levine had 20 in that quarter, by the way. Yes. And there are just distractions after distraction, and it's an entire mess. This, this team does not work on the court, and you have all the other things going on off the court as well. It, it it's an absolute mess. We we can talk about Kyrie here in a second, but let me bring up this point. When it comes to Nash, we knew that there were already some issues going on, kind of behind the scenes with him and and the players. It seemed like, and that was in the off season. And you know, Katie put out that referendum, like, I want you know Sean Marks and Steve Nash fired if you're not going to trade me and. Everybody talked it out, and you know they were all back. But now they fired him after just seven games. So why didn't they just let Steve Nash go in the offseason? Or how serious did those conversations have or happen between Nash and the team where they thought about, we're going to let you go? Or do you think it was just a, we're not going to let somebody else control the narrative, and we're going to bring everybody back and just work this out? Definitely more of the latter. <laughs> Definitely more of the latter and. I'm interested. I'm interested to see what happened behind the scenes because this is like an extremely quick trigger pull. Uh, you know, early season firings they've happened in the past. I mean, I saw it happen. You know, Ty Lue was in charge of the half LeBron, half young Cavs in uh, 2018, and he How about got Mike Brown with the Lakers games in. Yep, mm-hmm. Mike Brown with the Lakers back in the day. That was five games. Five games. Woo. But yeah, it's just you. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. If if you said that this was going to happen, and you know, I think Nash even he, he's not a hot tempered guy, and he got ejected from a game. <laughs> he looked these, like a psychopath, man. I've never yeah, seen Steve. You Nash could that tell that angry. you know things were a little off. I feel bad for him, but I also don't because again, like I said in the open, he's probably just so like weight off the shoulders. I don't have to face the press anymore. I don't have to answer questions for things about. Uh, you know, situations and and whatever has happened around my team anymore that I didn't do, you know, like it's that kind of stuff that, you know, it's probably a mental refresh of anything for him. But the team itself, I, you know, everything aside, I I still think that this is a good team, great team. Um, Whether Kyrie's there or not, I think it's really well constructed. I think there's a lot of good experience. I think there's a lot of good shooting. Uh, some young talent, too, that, that's just waiting for an opportunity. I think that could be a nice underlying story for this Nets team. Utah Watanabe, uh, you know, Edmund Sumner, David Duke Jr. has been playing well. Um, I, I like seeing that part of it. You know, Joe Harris is back. You're still waiting on Seth Curry. Kevin Durant is still Kevin Durant. Let's not forget that. Uh, I, I think that all works fine. Even with it, with you know, without you know Kyrie, and that's the other elephant in the room that I, I know you wanted to get to, and uh, you know we can have a, a discussion on that. I just don't want to give you know too much yeah. time, too much attention to somebody that you know does not deserve it. I I agree with you on that. Now the thing I will disagree with you on though is this team construction, because while it is early on in the season, this team plays no defense. They mm-hmm. have no rim protection, and I do not know how that is going to change anytime soon and on top of that they've got ben simmons who does not look confident at all and i know he he's coming off a back injury from the offseason i know now he's dealing with a knee injury but 
on the court, he does not look like he has any confidence. He does not want the ball on the offensive end of the court. I don't know if he's going to be um, what they need exactly in defense just because they, they need room protection. And he's only one person, you know, and it's not like he's some great shot blocker either, but he's a great defensive player, you know, when he's on his game. So I, I think there's massive problems there too, but this comes down to all the different distractions with this team. And it goes back to, you know, just a couple of years ago when it looked like everything was going to work out, they, they make the trade for James Harden and everybody's like, wow, look at them. And then there was injuries, you know, going into the playoffs and then you come back for the next season and Kyrie and all kinds of problems when it comes to his vaccination status. He did not want to get vaccinated. The team was not going to be able to let him play. We could tell that James Harden was not thrilled with Kyrie and he was not in the best of shape as well. He did not want to be there. They eventually trade him. So now you've got dysfunction with Kyrie. You got dysfunction with James Harden. And meanwhile, KD's just trying to get through this and, and play ball. Uh, they they end up moving off of Harden finally, and they bring in Ben Simmons, who did not play at all last year. And then Kyrie finally comes back, but he's only playing on the road. So that's a whole mess into itself when it comes to chemistry and where you're playing because you've got different lineups depending on where you're playing. And then now all the distractions off the court with Kyrie this season as well, or even, even in the offseason where there was talk about, is he going to opt into his contract? Uh, what's he going to do? Didn't get the contract extension. Then he opts in, but you can tell he wants to be traded. Then, no, 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 I want to be here. Plus, there was the Kevin Durant, you know, offseason as well of trade rumors and is he going to go and what's going to happen here? So there's so many different things pulling everybody in so many different directions. But now you've got to deal with Kyrie off the court, social media, firing back at reporters, putting out uh, messages that are supporting anti-Semitic tropes and uh, conspiracy theorists. You know, and Alex Jones and everything. And he's been, he has done that in the past. And then he's done it more recently as well. He doesn't like it when you say that he is supporting those things or uh, promoting them. When that's exactly what he's doing. Because if you like something on social media or you retweet it or you post about it, you're promoting it. And he has a massive platform. And I, I just don't think Kyrie understands you know, how powerful his message is. And one one moment he's saying that he understands he has a big platform, but then he's trying to say, no, I'm just one person, I'm one guy. But he has a powerful platform, and I don't think he realizes how much hurt he has done. He doesn't understand what he's doing, and he has not apologized about it either. And he's become a massive distraction, you know, for his teammates, for that organization. And by the way, I know it's a tough position for the Nets and for the league. I know they put out a statement over the weekend saying that they do not support any kind of hate speech, but they didn't even name Kyrie. I think the league and the team has been very soft on him. There should have been at least a fine, if not a suspension or both, and they have not done either. They continue to have conversations with him, but you throw all of that in a mix and it's an absolute mess. They are stuck with Kyrie for at least the rest of the year, and we'll see what happens with him. 
if he's going to be able to make it through the rest of the season, if they're going to keep him around or whatever. Nobody else in the league wants him. So I don't even know what his future is going to be in the league. And it sounds like they've got a new head coach coming that was suspended from the Boston Celtics for inappropriate behavior. So my question about him is, if he's going to demand accountability from this team and their shortcomings that they've had so far, how can he do that considering what he has done and his accountability? And now he's getting another opportunity. There were question marks if he was ever going to be able to get another opportunity to coach in the league ever again after what happened in Boston. And not only is he getting another opportunity, it's coming weeks after he was suspended for the season from the Celtics, where now he's going to be the head coach of the Nets. It's incredible. It really is incredible. And here's where there's a conflict of interest, right? Because the Players Association obviously doesn't want to back what he's promoting, but he's also the vice president of said Players Association. Uh, You know, the league, same thing. You know, they understand... You know, they, let's just keep it a buck. Like, he's one of the most polarizing, you know, players that they have. Also one of the most talented ones. So they're in that position. I, You know, my thoughts on this, honestly, are just pretty much what Charles Barkley said last night. Um, and, and it goes along with what you were saying. It's just the platform he has. It's the amount of, of following that he has that makes this dangerous. I don't you know? think he understands how dangerous mm-hmm. of the things he said so far. And yeah. if the pushback that he had with Nick Friedel from ESPN about like, I'm not promoting these things. You are when you put, even if you don't your, realize it, you yes, are, you're a pro. You, you absolutely are. Yeah. And conspiracy theories, you know, this whole thing about how um, there's an occult out in the world and basically there's a new world order and all these different things, you know? So, I mean, we're going to have to go down the rabbit hole on that garbage, yeah. but it, it's just a dangerous thing, and he hasn't apologized for anything. I don't think he wants to apologize. I don't think he believes he has anything to apologize for. And I can't imagine being a teammate with him right now because you, you can sit there and say, this dude is one of the most talented guys we've seen in the league in a long time. But all of this other nonsense that comes with it, can you imagine going after a game, speaking with the media, the first thing they're most likely going to ask you is not what happened on the court. It's going to be like, what's going on with Kyrie? Or what do you think about this when it comes to Kyrie? What do you think about this when it comes to your coach being fired? I mean, you've got Kevin Durant who even says like, I didn't know. I was shocked that Steve Nash got fired. You know, he says it after the loss last night. I'm like, wait, you asked for this dude to be fired. (laughs) And you're shocked. I mean, at least KD's entertaining. Yes. (laughs) At least KD's entertaining. I mean, I, he had it so good with the Warriors. And I know yeah. things there was things that have gone on there that we probably don't totally understand, that he wanted his own team and everything. But he hitched his ride with the wrong guy. He hitched it with Kyrie. And as much talent as he is, there's other things that come with it. And if you want a you know a comparable example, and it's not even in, you know the same like caliber of player at all. So this is where like you you're like scratching your head, but Everyone's looking at what happened with Myers Leonard, um, March 2021. He was playing a video game and he used a slur, an anti-Semitic slur, and then you know he had to uh, pay fifty thousand um, dollars. The Heat told him not to be around the team. He got traded. Um, obviously, he apologized. Something that Kyrie has not 
done yet. Like you said, doesn't think he's done anything wrong. Uh, but then, you know, Leonard, you know, has, you know, volunteered with, you know, Jewish youth, gone to uh, camps, you know, like uh, he's met with representatives from the Anti-Defamation League, uh, spoken to groups, and, you know, I, I don't think he's been in the league since. And, you know, Kyrie getting no punishment whatsoever, the, the ball has been dropped by many, many parties on this matter. Totally. And, uh, you know, I think that's pretty much the the message that uh, Charles Barkley was saying on TNT when I was watching that last night. So I, that's I totally agree. pretty much where I'm at. And, and, you know, we didn't even mention, too, that there were people courtside with fight anti-Semitism shirts on just there, there's photos everywhere of, you know, this group of, you know, six to eight people that were on the court side, bought, bought courtside tickets and, uh, you know, they were just wearing shirts um and speaking out against it and that's you know again echoing what charles said is like instead of talking about basketball we got to talk about this garbage like it's it's, incredible man it's it's so it's so because it ties in it ties in that's the thing like it ties in because it you know shows a i don't want to say bias but it shows like a the league does not treat the punishments all the same with every player. Correct. And here's the thing too. Like I, I, I think the league and the team dropped the ball on this and we'll see what happens. It's they do something. It feels like it's a little bit, you know, too little, too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I don't think other players around the league should be the ones that have to speak out about this. But at the same time, I am a little bit surprised that another major player around the league has not spoken out against Kyrie. That is interesting, isn't it? It is. And like I said before, I don't know what his future is going to be because there's all these conversations that are going on, you know, behind the scenes right now with him and the team and the league and whatnot and, you know, all these different leagues and stuff. But he's going to continue playing. I don't know if this is going to get worse or what's going to happen from that standpoint. Like, I really question if he's going to be able to finish the season with this team, we'll see we're a ways from that. But I, I think it is a, I think he's, I I think that, you know, regardless of what happens, that this is his last season playing basketball. I, I I agree with you there too, because I, I think it's realistic to wonder if the nets at some point will send him home because there are no other teams in the league that will trade for him. Nobody will touch him. Nobody is desperate enough for him. Even the Lakers. And, I agree that like I I don't even know if he really wants to play basketball under the terms that come with it of having the accountability and speaking with the media. And Kyrie is I guess just aloof, shall we say? I think one of his biggest problems is that he always believes he's the smartest guy in the room. And he is very smart, but at the same time there's a danger that comes with that if you believe you're the smartest guy in the room all the time. And he's tries to chalk things up to, I have a curious mind and I'm exploring. There's still a right and a wrong. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he does Especially not when understand it, that. Yeah. It's the, the responsibility of having the amount of followers he has and, and whatnot. Like even, you know, you don't want to get into that. Well, it's too bad because he is such a talented guy and he you is. sit there and he can and do And he's things. done a lot of good for like, 
he the has. community too. That's the other thing that makes it all disappointing. Like very much. And and to not see the good that he can do both on and off the court. And now we're sitting here and we don't I don't even feel like it's a hot take to say I think this is his last year playing in the NBA. I, I completely agree. By the way, uh to our loyal listeners, if you want to hear this statement, I'll I'll read you verbatim the NBA statement and then the NBA PA statement, and you can come up with your own conclusion on this. So the NBA said on October 29th, hate speech of any kind is unacceptable and runs counter to the NBA's values of equality, inclusion, and respect. We believe we all have a role to play in ensuring such words or ideas, including anti-Semitic ones, are challenged and refuted, and we will continue working with all members of the NBA community to ensure that everyone understands the impact of their words and actions. That was from the NBA. This is from the Players Association. Antisemitism has no place in our society. The NBPA is focused on creating an environment where everyone is accepted. We are committed to helping players fully understand that certain words can lead to hateful ideologies being spread. We will continue to work on identifying and combating all hate speech wherever it arises. Here's my question. Where's Why the name? Was, where's the name? Why was Kyrie Irving not named? Yep. No, and that just goes back to why we started the conversation in the first place. But let me, let yeah. me go back to one other thing. Okay. When it comes to their likely next head coach in Ime Adoka, I, I am just blown away that he is getting this opportunity. We were in our, it's not a league of, suspension. That's that. That's right. It's, it. a it's a team suspension. It's a team yes. suspension. Wick Grousebeck even said, you know, there is no rules really for this things. This is more of a gut feeling and a gut, you know, kind of uh, punishment for this situation. There was nothing that the league did. And unless the Celtics asked for something back in return, it's completely legal. Right. That's and the, they, and, that's, that's and the they just wanted to wash their hands of him because, number one, yes. they don't want to have to pay a salary. And number yes. two, they just want him gone from because of the damage that he did behind the scenes to that franchise and to the yes. staff members. And then all of the fallout that came from that because – you know, the horrible things that happened on social media in the foul, uh, follow up from all that with, um, staff members, you know, being put, you know, out there wondering like, you know, were they involved in this and what, it was a horrible, horrible situation. But I mean, yesterday we saw Nash get fired and we're on our slack. And I think somebody like it just threw it out there. Like, Oh, is, he may going to get an opportunity and we're all like, ah, ha, ha. That, I mean, they're already dysfunctional enough. And now he's getting this job. It's not a done deal. Like you said, but it's close. And so it's close. like, you guys are so dysfunctional already. And then Nets keep talking about like, we want to get back to what we were before we had KD and Kyrie, when we were gritty and responsible and accountable and all these different things, you know, we want to get back to that. And yet you're making another move that's going to add dysfunction and people are going to be talking about it and questioning. And it's, you know, because you're bringing in a guy that was just suspended for bad behavior and basically saying, I know that happened there, but you know, that was their thing and they suspended you and you know, we're, we're going to put that behind us and come on in. And storyline D with the nets that we haven't brought up. So we've, we've talked about, the the Nash firing and potential Udoka hiring. We've talked about Kyrie's anti-Semitic promotion. Uh, we've talked about Ben Simmons uh, having issues with his back and not looking like himself. And again, storyline D, we're talking about 
Cam Thomas, if you want to add just the cherry on top, Cam Thomas is just uh, not exactly reacting to any of this well and is not in a great place with the Nets and wasn't even before the season started. No, so there, if you want to just add the cherry on top of what's going on there in Brooklyn, Cam Thomas is also another part of that. Can I ask you one little side thing off of all this? Do you think we'll ever see Steve Nash coach again in the NBA? As an assistant, absolutely. And then potentially as a, a head coach. I mean, he's going to definitely need some time off to clear his head. I mean, Ty Lu, you know Ty Lu, he ended up assisting there for a little while, and then he jumped right back in with the, the Clippers, you know? See, I really and, wonder because, like, with Steve, he was just like a consultant with the Warriors. He wasn't even coaching. And, you know, the talk was that, like, you know, Sean Marks was kind of interested in him and KD – really wanted him and then Kyrie signed off. And so that's why they went and got him because they didn't want, apparently KD didn't want Kenny Atkinson anymore. And they were like, Hey, let's, let's get Steve Nash and Steve had never coached. And I don't even know if Steve was really gung ho about it, but they were like, come on. And they had a conversation and finally he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. So I, I, I really have major questions about it. I mean, and this is, just such a horrible situation to have to go through and have to answer these questions and put up with everything. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so many different sites, man. I mean, you can understand if he never wanted to coach again and be like, Hey man, I just want to chill out with my family and watch some soccer, you know, which is what he was doing before basically. Right. Right. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I tend to think no, but I mean, time heals all wounds. Or time heals all wounds. I mean, Ty took two years off and ended up going to the Clippers. I mean, if another team deems Steve Nash, by the way, Steve Nash, 94 and 67 record in the regular season overall in two plus seasons. I guess you could say two and one eighths or one sixteenths sure. of a but season. A, he learned a lot from the situation. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think he will readily admit like there were mistakes. He's one of the made. best basketball minds in the world, man. Yeah, and he was he was a he was assistant with the Warriors. It was you know Steve Kerr was talking about how brilliant of a basketball mind he is. Uh, Steve, I'm pretty sure Steve worked with Curry in those you know years too over the time over time. So like, you know, he's a he's going to be involved in basketball. I think right now he's going to so. take some time away to not be involved in basketball. But I hope he yeah. finds a deserted island that just him and his family can go and step away from the world. Yeah. No, that that would probably be best. How long until be you think we hear him do an interview? Oh, and who gets it? <laughs> got my money on JJ Reddick. JJ Reddick. Oh, that would be great. JJ Reddick's got the first interview. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, oh, no. Uh, like, or Bill Simmons. He's, he's, he's friends with Bill Simmons. Two months, maybe. Yeah. Two I, months. I, uh, I'm going to say longer than that. I, I think it's going to be longer. Four or five. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, four or five months. All right. All right. I think he Sounds needs good. time to kind of step away and compartmentalize everything. Sure, sure. So we spent it, a lot of time on the Nets. I was going to say, I think, I think it's about time that we move on. Yeah. <laughs> it, they, we've given them enough oxygen. I mean, they still we stink on the court. Them. Okay, come on. They're going to say, defensively, they can find something with Claxton. I like. You know, Sim- Simmons, at least, I think, can stay in front of people. Um, I like... I can stay in front o- of people. O'Neal, you know, I... Again, on the court, I still think they're okay. I do. I do. And they haven't... I mean, Keith hasn't played yet. I know he's not really a defensive-minded player. Um, 
I mean, he's played, but he's barely played. Maybe they're going to throw him back in the. You know, they're just so bit, bad but. defensively, and they have no rim protection. And I, I don't they, even know if they're if they can make a move that would help them in the short term. Huh? They still have KD. Got KD, man. They do, but I mean, they had KD last season, and they couldn't get. They got swept in the first round. That's true. That's true. All right, over over to something that would have been the topic of discussion had there not been stupidity over the weekend. Uh, yesterday, interview, Miles Turner on Woj's pod. Woj acting on behalf of L.A. That was incredible. <laughs> acting, you know, asking these questions and Miles Turner just taking the bait and coming out and saying flat out that, hey, I'm here. I'm here if you want me. I'm here if you want me, Lakers. If the Lakers, yeah. Which I, which you can't, you can't punish for tampering because it's a player, right? And he didn't Even expressly the, he, say. And, and I Woj wanna, can't be punished yeah. for tampering because he doesn't work for the league. He didn't. So, he didn't flat out say I want to be traded to the Lakers. But what what got me? Is, I mean, he did. He did, but he didn't. He did. Yeah. He said, "Come on, dude." He was like, "Come on, this is this is one of the most outrageous things I've seen in public." Saying the, the what, what he said. Well, that, the crazy thing a, is, if to I'm me, the Lakers, I take a very hard look at this with the position that you're in. I know what I can provide for a team. That well, is, he mentioned the Lakers. He he absolutely said it. Well, what we'll just the question? Let's stop no, because here's the thing, the dude. Here's the thing, though. So, like. This thing was making the rounds, and I didn't have a chance to listen to it yet. And I saw the quote, right? So I'm like, okay, let me. I'll, I'm going to listen to this thing, and we'll see how far along in the podcast until this gets brought up. It's the first thing that Woj asks, <laughs> the, right out of the gate. So, do you want to be traded to the Lakers? It was just like, whoa! It's hysterical. Like, how, where like, are he, we? But here's where the thing: where are we? You know that Miles said, "Hey, man, just ask me that right out of the gate." Oh, if you're I'm trying, to, you're trying to talk about how the setup happened. Okay, I'm okay. telling you, man. Miles said, "I'm giving you the green light. Fire away." And and mm-hmm. Woj came right out of the gate, like so. I mean, he didn't. Miles didn't have to say the Lakers because Woj said for him, "Hey, do you want to be traded to the Lakers?" And that's when he said, "Like, oh, if I'm the Lakers, I got to take a, a hard look. I know what yes, I can do." But I'm Here's, just saying, man. Like, it's there's incredible. a way. There is a way to do this. You don't specifically say one team that float out whatever you want to do, leak whatever information you want to do. You don't come out and say it on a podcast. But it wasn't like you was a like brand new. That is a brand new level. That is a brand new level of of possibly. Like, Here's the thing: I, I can't. He I can't the way that he explained everything was very detailed. Like he went out. I have no say, problem with Miles Turner oh, wanting to be traded. By he the was way. great. I just I mean, think that there's just a much less. But it wasn't. I mean, he was talking about like this is what I can do, and this is where I think I can still grow. And you know, I feel like right now, you know, I'm just hitting my prime and all, all these different things. But it wasn't like he was saying like, well, if you throw me in a rotation with you know Anthony Davis and blah blah blah, blah. you know, the the one player he mentioned was LeBron, and he said if I were to play with LeBron, I think there's a certain amount of accountability that you that he you have to bring to the table because you're playing with him that that he demands. That's the only okay. player you mentioned, but it's still the whole situation. Don't was, beat was around wild. the bush. It was wild. It's just, it's just, it, it, it's funny to me because I mean, at least this is coming straight from the player's mouth. 
So it's like, okay, yeah, you, you can talk about it, and it's not like rumor season. This is, there's actually something here. Is this so what that, we're going to see? Oh, are we going to see often? this going forward? Yeah. I just... Wait, currying favor... I can't say this stuff in public. I don't, I don't like it. I don't <laughs> well, like well, it. Here's the thing there's too. a way to do it. There's a more what a, uh, professional way to do it. But here's the thing. My, Miles is a good player. Like He's not like yeah. a great player, but he's a very, very good player. But his name has been mentioned in trade rumors for three seasons. Four and seasons, he, five four, seasons. He's yeah, the Kevin Love of that team. He's, the, he's in the final year of his deal, you know, and... Uh, you know, the Pacers can only give him so much of a raise right now because of the rules. They can only give him what 120%, and he's making 18 million dollars this year, or whatever. So maybe he can get more in the open yeah. market. So you throw all that in there. Plus, if a team like the Lakers were to trade for him, you'd almost have to have the wink, wink, nod, nod. I'm re-signing in the offseason with you conversation. It's just, it's just all funny. If you're going to give up the capital, and, and that's they try take to, to get I mean, you try to make rules for this stuff too, and it doesn't work. It's you just, can't. it's, it's a like. Just when you find, you think you found a way to like circumvent <sighs> these rules, like, or, or when you think you can kind of tie them up a little bit. I mean, then, then the players are going out on their own. I mean, this is the same week where the Sixers got what do you do? slapped like, on the wrist. They got, they got a little. Tap tap on the wrist of what, a couple the second of second rounders. rounders. <laughs> second rounders are important. It was a good they, punishment. They are. You know, it the, had nothing to do with Harden. It was everything to no, do with what was it? PJ Tucker was the uh, PJ yes. Tucker and Daniel House was the, right. Was but here's two, the funny yeah. thing about that. Like, so they got they got they got a little slap on the wrist for for speaking with those two guys too early. Yet I thought the whole conversation about what was going on in Philly and where the trouble was, wasn't with that. It was with getting James Harden to take less money so they could have the cap space to go out and sign those two guys. Shh. No, it was about P.J. Tucker and Daniel House. <laughs> okay, sure. It's so shady. Yes. It's so shady. But everybody's shady. playing under the same rules. Like, what a loophole. But I mean, a second rounder in 2023, 2024 for <laughs> reflecting findings following an, ex an investigation that the 76ers engaged in free agency discussions involving two early or er, two players, which is PJ Tucker and Daniel House Jr., prior to the date when discussions were permitted. What about James Harden taking less Shh. money? Shh. What about Harden? Shh. It, like, how do you. There's How no much rule. fanatic stock did James Harden get this year? Okay? There's no rules. There's no rules, man. <laughs> oh God. So when did the Pacers trail Miles Turner? Trade Miles Turner. They're three and five. They are three and five. Shout out Benedict Matherin. He's great incredible off the so bench. Far. He's been fun. Tyrese Halliburton's been fun. Yeah. What a cool team. Cool team, man. Speaking I, I of like teams over uh, that are uh, overplaying so far, the Spurs and the Jazz. What the hell is going on, man? I'm gonna read you Pop's quote. Okay, uh, this is from an Associated Press story that I put up yesterday on the site. Basketballnews.com is the site, by the way. Cheap plug. Uh, so Pop comes out, and you know they were asking about. You know, how? why are they playing so hard? Why are they getting these wins? And Pop's, Pop's quote was great. And he was actually being, you know, dead straight. They're young enough that they don't know any better. 
They just keep playing hard. They're pretty much obeying the basketball gods, doing all the simple things that help win games. I think that's an easy, simple explanation myself. Absolutely. Yeah, they're young. They don't know any better. They're they're playing, you know, the the proverbial playing with house money, no? Is that that's pretty much what you look at when you see the Spurs. Keldon Johnson is playing his ass off, knocking down a crap ton of threes, dude. Devin Vassell, same thing. A crap ton of threes. They're both taking over eight threes a game. Okay? They're playing solid defense. I think that Trey Jones has been a solid floor general for him. He's got to take the turnovers down a little, but that's okay. You know, he hasn't been a starting point guard in this league. Josh Richardson's been a great addition or, you know, a great supporting uh, player. He's obviously going to be a trade candidate at the deadline. Same with Yaku Pirtle, who's playing his mind. Like, it's... It's uh, just a good combo right now, and they've got a good thing going. That's that's the way I look at it, at least. It's not – it shouldn't be – I mean, it is surprising. I get it. But, but it, Spence, it shouldn't, shouldn't. if you want to talk about guys hitting a crap ton of threes, you got to mention Josh Richardson and Doug McDermott. Both yeah. of them are shooting 45% from threes. Yeah. 45%. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, even Zach Collins, I mean, he's only taken two a game, but he's hitting 46%. But, like, I, I guess I was looking more at the volume that, that Keldon and, Dude, and Vassell are putting Dermot up. Dermot and Richardson are hitting 5 of 11 per game. Yeah. And both yeah, of them, I mean, Richardson's in the final year of his deal. He's making about 12. McDermott's got one more year, but he's making 13. Both of them are prime trade candidates. No per- doubt. Pirtle could get moved. All he's doing is averaging a double-double and playing some of the best interior defense in the league. Yep. Oh, and speaking of of this organization, by the way, we, you know, got to mention, too, that Josh Primo, they flat-out let him go on uh, over the weekend. And, you know, there was a situation about uh, him allegedly exposing himself to somebody, and they got ahead of the curve. They cut ties with this kid and just moving forward. Yes. And they've moved forward and they are giving you know those minutes to other guys like Jeremy Sohan and you have you know Blake Wesley you can get an opportunity now Kata Beach Diop is obviously a little older than the rest of the bunch but he's getting some playing time this year they are giving these opportunities and 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 seeing you know what these these players are made of I want to see more Malachi Branham personally uh, as somebody who is from the Northeast Ohio area uh, he got 19 minutes in his debut the other night against the the Wolves. It didn't go great offensively, but uh, ended up making a pretty you know solid impact there. But he uh, was their first round pick this year. They've got a ton of young talent and a couple guys that could net them either young talent back or picks. So they're in a good spot right now. Um, the Spurs are at least, and uh, it's just it's been fun to watch Keldon Johnson do what he's doing. I mean, dude, Keldon's averaging twenty four points a game, five boards, four assists, and a steal. And, and they 50, just forty forty five percent for the field on eighteen field goal attempts. Like that's that's big time right there. And they've got him locked up under a very friendly mm-hmm. contract as well. And you see, I mean, the jump from Devin Vassell is really really huge. Just I mean, he's become you know everyday starter, and you know he's playing next to Keldon. He's you know, a, a shooting guard per se, but he's, he's playing as a, a two, but he's got, you know, size at that position because he usually does play small forward. Yeah. Um, but they found an, a thing where, you know, Keldon's playing the four and he's playing the three. And, you know, you got Trey suiting up at the, the one and 
they've got a a good thing going right now. And you know, I I don't think it continues. Do I think it continues in Utah too? I don't know. But like, it's just fun seeing that it you know didn't dissipate after one week. These are teams that are playing their asses off and they're having a good time doing it. Well, that's the thing. The Spurs are five and two. The Jazz are six and two. Both and we can get more beaten. into the Jazz too. I mean, well, we brought up marketing last week, but I think we got to give our due to to the vets, man. Clarkson, Conley, Olynyk, like those guys are are really stepping up and helping along the young guys. Well, here's the thing too. Like they've beaten quality teams as well, yes. teams that we think are going to be really good. So I think what's going to be fascinating is. You know, we talked about before the season. Everybody thought these teams are going to struggle. They got they just plenty blew of out candidates, and they're and, they're, the and you know they're gonna they're gonna trade away their guys. So, well, at what point do you sit there and say we're going to make a trade um, if you keep winning? And I, I don't I don't think we all believe they're going to win at this clip necessarily, but you never know. But I mean, they'll, they'll cool off at some point. But like, how much is it cooling off, or do they fall off a cliff? And at what point do they sit there and go, okay, we're going to make a move despite how good we're playing? Yeah, and I think I think it's all dependent on it, on the the situation, and I mean, depends on how deep you get into the season. I guess is what what I'm getting at, right? Um, but no, man. I mean, I they just blew out the Grizzlies, like legitimately blew them out. That was you know but quite. Ja didn't play in that game though, right? No, Ja played. Okay, oh. they had their they had their full lineup. That's except right, for, they did. Uh, Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain was the only one that wasn't in there. Okay, yeah, it was Bain that missed that game. Okay, correct. But still, yes. yeah. So, and sorry, I mean, their full lineup this season because obviously Jaron Jackson Jr. is still out. Sure, Jaron Jackson Jr. is a big part of that team. Yeah, but I mean, again, quality teams. You mentioned it, man. And you know, Markinens looked great. Uh, Sexton's finding a flow off the bench. I love seeing uh, Bull do what he's doing. Um, playing both ends of the floor too. Uh, you know, a little bit more of a reduced role than he's used to. He's only playing 20 minutes a game at the moment. Um, but I'm sure that they're showcasing Malik Beasley because Beasley's probably going to be out of there. It's either Beasley or Clarkson. One of those two are probably going to be out of there. Wonder Bull. But I, I mean, Clarkson has a. I a think that Vando's going to be sticking around, though, man. I mean, Vando, yeah. he's only 23 and he looks good. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, especially they're not on the defensive him. end. I, I don't think they're going to trade him or Markinen. I think they want both of them to continue on. Lowry's only 25 still. That's what I'm saying. They, I think crazy. they look at those two guys along with Sexton are the three that they want to keep, you know, definitely. But, I mean, they're open to moving just about anybody else. I mean, including, I think they'd move Olenek, obviously, in the right deal. So, I yeah. mean, Clarkson, Olenek, Beasley, Conley, uh, Rudy Gay. I, I think that Conley's going to be the one that's going to be tough to move simply because he is more limited and, you know, he's still going to be owed – you you buy him out next year, he's guaranteed fourteen million. So that's, that's okay. a chunk of money. But those other guys, I mean, I mean, they're all probably going to be. I mean, Clarkson, I think, has a player option, but he's not going to exercise that. Um, you know, Beasley has a team option, so I mean, you, you can get out of both those if you want. But yeah, yeah, no, it. I mean, again, it depends on what how deep they take this mm-hmm. that's all it is but it's, they're playing with a great energy and you know i keep following along with tony jones of the athletic that's my guy um he's covered this team for a long time and he just keeps talking about how the arena reception's different how the the energy in the building is different including in the locker room there's just like a looseness about it 
These guys yeah. really they and play they, for they, one another. They legitimately don't want to hear the tanking stuff. And that's, I love when that happens. Yeah. I love well, when the, the, these teams just say, screw what everyone else on the outside is saying, and we're going to go out and get this done. Isn't it like, incredible to see the difference, though, when these guys and how much fun they're having, how they play for one another, and then you see, like, unfortunately, like what's going on in Brooklyn, like we talked about, and yeah. just what a mess it is. I mean, you could even say that for San Antonio. I mean, not to yes. say that, like, DeJounte was this, like, ball-dominant guy or Derek White was this ball-dominant guy, but there's a lot of ball movement with them, and that, that's been fun to watch. They, have, they lead the yeah. league in assists right. a game. And you can That's tell that, that Pop is engaged, you know, coaching. He, he loves, like, working with these young guys and help molding them and, and, and mm-hmm. seeing how they all, you know, playing a team game and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah it's we'll see how long it goes. And like I said, I, I'm, I'm going to be fascinated to see, you know, what moves they might make because it, it sounds like in the offseason, everybody was talking about, wow, the Lakers are going to make a deal with this team, that team, that team. But the one that wasn't talked about the most was San Antonio – and the Spurs were the one that were like really pushing to, hey, we could do a deal, we could do a deal. And the Lakers were like, ah, not yet. I don't know. Hemming and Hawn kind of a thing. And who knows? We'll see. I mean, if the Lakers make a deal when they make a deal, I mean, that's been talked about here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. I mean, they won a game and they celebrate like they won the championship. But hey, if they got good vibes, if that's what it takes, and so be it. Good vibes. 43% from deep, Brian. Come on. Russell Westbrook, what do you have? Like, uh, 18, 8, and 8, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, 18, 8, and 8. And playing to the Off crowd. The, the crowd's cheering him. Good. Dude, the crowd at one point, and I'm not even making this up, saw him stand behind the three-point line and encouraged him to take the shot. Oh, things are – the tide was, is turning. It was the tide is turning in Tinseltown, baby. It has turned so much that – Laker fans now are not saying, when are we trading Russ for Miles Turner or whoever? They're going, can we trade for Miles Turner without giving up Russ? Here we go. Because they won one game, and he's played well off the bench in two games, where they're one and one in those games. Social media is the downfall of all <laughs> It's the downfall of everything. I'm like, they shot well in one game, okay? They're still shooting 27% from three-point range on the season. It's six games, but 27%. but hey, it's going up. It's going up. I think it was, what, 22 when we last talked? Yeah, it was. There we go. We should have a, like, meter. You know, I wish we had, like, a production team. And if we did this on on video and just every week, you would just see, like, the little meter, the bar graph. How about I just draw one? I'll make a picture of it. We'll put it out there. Like, every, you know, we'll... See where it goes from what compare it from one week to the next. Just a, a crude drawing with a crayon, you know? Two bar, a, a multi bar graph. Just, mm-hmm. just keep one in like a little Excel doc or whatever the hell yeah. they use for those. Oh, no, charts. no, no. We'll hand draw this. I'll get my wife to do it. Oh, that could be fun. Be fun. Oh, I'll retweet it every day. Retweet it every day. What other teams we talk about, oh Bry? What other teams? Like, can we talk what? about Shay? Can we be like, yo, Shay, uh, you Shea, should man. be in the MVP conversation right now? Mm-hmm. They've won four Can we in a talk row, the about Shay Gilgis Alexander? He deserves it, man. He deserves it. 31 and a half points a game, 6.8 assists, 4.8 rebounds. And dude, he is doing all of his damage inside that arc. He's not great of a shooter. He's not that great of a shooter this year so far. But man, is he knifing into the paint, man. Holy hell. He is so weird when you see his change of pace 
and the way that he kind of navigates these screens, he is like a really different player. But by God, is it fun to watch him. It's so fun to watch him, and he plays at his own pace. He's long. I mean, dude, he is. He looks fresh. You know, everybody, as soon as we saw that he was going to be hurt going into training camp, everyone's like, okay, here we go again. And this season, even though in the past he has looked damn good, this looks like all-star slash superstar level play from SGA. They've won four in a row, and this team still can't shoot a lick. Nope. I mean, they're, they're shooting below 30% from three-point range. And they, they had the same problem I mean, Shane is only year. shooting 31.5. Uh, He's so one that, of their better that, shooters. Yeah, I know. that. That's why it's ironic. I mean, Josh Giddy is only shooting 25%, but that mm-hmm. dude does so many other things. Right. I mean, he's he's having trouble shooting from the field overall. But pretty what, sure Lou Dort's having a tough season from the field as well. Uh, Lou shooting, but he's 35%. still playing well. Right. But I mean, yeah. I, I mean, the story is Shea. The story is Shea. Um, you know, Trey Mann and Aaron Wiggins are doing some good stuff. Um, I, I like what I've seen from those second year players. I, I'm still on the Poku train, though. He's he's got to get a little smarter. <laughs> A little smarter sometimes. Uh, you know, Jalen Williams coming back now. That's good uh, after he had the uh, concussion early in the season. Want to see more of that. But really, really, really interesting, interesting squad. But Baby Thunder moving forward and plowing forward because of Shea. Absolutely. I think the other team that we wanted to talk about were the Clippers. Yes. Oh, no. I have a vehement disagreement with you here. So, Yes. The three and four Clippers, who needed a big fourth quarter from Paul George to win their last game, but they had lost a few before that. And I think a lot of people have been wondering, like, what has gotten into them? You know, how come they're not off to a fast start? So many different people pick them to win the West, possibly be NBA champions. We've talked about it. I mean, we were both pretty high on them. Yes. Um, I think you were a little bit higher on them than I was, but I mean, I have I, them winning the NBA championship. Yes. Oh, okay. So, and I, I didn't have them going that far. I think I am in the conference finals though. And I get it that they're missing quad Leonard that, you know, he's only played in a couple of games. He came off the bench in those, and there's still questions about his knee right now. And he's still working through that and they're just trying to take it slow. So, you know, um, he can make a full comeback and everything, but I mean, he's had so many injury problems over the last, like, uh, four seasons. And once again, it's coming back slow, and I don't know when we're going to see him back to full strength. And maybe he will. I hope that he comes back to full strength, and it's this season. But it's not just Kawhi. I think there's other problems with this team. And, like, who is the leader of this team? I think there's still a lot of questions about who's playing what role and sounds like some guys are frustrated and that they're not getting as much playing time as they want. And that's what happens when you have a team that's very deep and very diverse is that everybody believes that they deserve playing time and it's yeah. not going to happen. So maybe Can these you things bring are, up some so, of those specific players that were complaining about that. Cause some of the younger guys, so I think Terrence Mann, like a Terrence wants, Mann. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I Terrence assume Mann. Terrence Mann would be, yeah, because because, he's only getting 16 minutes a night. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, so I mean, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I, I get it. I, I get it. I mean, BJ Paul George Boston, obviously is averaging the most minutes at 34, but everybody else is somewhere basically between like 20 and to 30. 25, 28 minutes, yeah. you know? So, you know, it's, it's one of these things you got to figure, they got to figure it out. But I, 
I don't know. You know, we, we can sit here and chalk it up to what everybody chalks everything up to right now. It's it's still early. It's like a buzzword. It's like take a drink every time you hear that somewhere. But I I don't know. I mean, there, there's a lot of questions. And I mean, the biggest the biggest question mark out of all of them is Kawhi. And without him there, you know, and being Kawhi, I really wonder how far this team is going to go. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I'm going to continue repeating that trope though it's early it's early you've had Kawhi Leonard for two games okay you still have some knockdown shooters like Norman Powell you have Luke Kennard Reggie Jackson's been bothered by a groin injury all right John Wall looks fresh he looks really good he's gonna be really solid there in that bench unit or if they decide to elevate him to the starting lineup at some point Marcus Morris you know what you're getting out of him every night it's going to give you some really solid play at both ends of the floor. Going to knock down some big shots. Ivica Zubats looks great. He's probably their best player. Uh, best, uh, I wouldn't say best player on the you know on the roster, but I'm saying the best looking player to this point. Um, swatting a ton of shots, crashing the glass, been huge inside. When you just break this down, though, man, I mean they just haven't been playing good offense. They haven't been playing good offense. They haven't been forcing turnovers. That's it. They got to get up and down the floor. They got to get out and transition. It's huge. Well, if Paul not, George is finally playing better too because he was having some poor games under his standards. Yeah. No, that well that's what I'm saying like it's again, it's early. <laughs> it's early and I mean it's all about them getting up and down and again, like I said, the offense is just not in a good spot right now. That's it like and they're averaging, they're, they're turning it over the most in the NBA too. They're they're forcing the least amount of turnovers in the NBA, and they're turning it over the most in the NBA. It's not a good. It's not a recipe for success, you know. Well, I'm not and in full panic mode, you know, with them. But at the same time, I'm just keeping a close. Reggie's better um, than what he's shown. Like, like we all know that, you right. know. And you 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 know, Luke can hit down hit those threes. Norm Powell is not hitting threes at the clip that he we're used to seeing Norm Powell hit hit threes at. Right. You know, um, you, you still have the ability to bring in uh, Rocco at the five if you want to. You know, you still have Batum uh, as a, you know, a guy that's able to stretch the floor and to be a play connector. Uh, these are guys that are very important and can bring along the young guys. And I understand, you know, now you bring up Terrence Mann, probably Amir Coffey, who thinks he's, he's paid his dues um, to get more playing time. But you just mentioned it, man. I mean, it's hard to play these guys significant amount of minutes without affecting the vets that you brought in or who you traded for. Like it's tough. It's tough but to I do mean, that. You look at this and team. You have to make those calls. But to finish my point is Ty Lu, he's had slow starts before. I'm a believer in Ty Lu and he knows what he's doing. They're defending very well. Um, even though they're not forcing turnovers, they're still defending very well. They're playing a slower game. That's not really his MO. When you get out of the half court, they're going to be fine. This is a team, though, that lost four in a row. Two of those were back-to-back losses to the Thunder. They had Who's to, a hot team right now. But this was before hot they team. were a hot team. Sure. I mean, this was the beginning of their, their little hot streak because they lost their first three games. They've won four in a row. Yes. But uh, the Clippers had to eke out a win at home Against, against the, Rockets. the Rockets, yes, who are not playing well. Correct. And we'll see because the Clippers, the, the next couple of games, I mean, 
They're at Houston. They're at San Antonio. They're home for Utah. I mean, there's winnable games there. I mean, as much as we want to talk about the Spurs and the Jazz and how well they're playing right now, we we still are kind of sitting here going, okay, when's that going to end? You know? Uh, yeah. So there, there's questions there. Then they play. They're home for the Cavs, home for the Lakers, home for the Nets. That should be a fun game. So, you know, right. I think, well, I mean, it's like anybody else. So as the season goes on, you find out who's real, who's not. But, I mean – Kawhi is still going to remain the X factor until we know what his health is going to be. And we don't and know. And people because- are getting really annoyed by the injury management thing. But I, Oh, yeah. Here's the thing, though, guys. Like, we know that they want to take it easy on him. Like, it's not like he's not going to be available for the playoffs. Like, and I know that's a ways away. But whatever way they find best for him to do that, and you give you know, other guys' opportunities to show what they can do. And again, like you said, they're deep. Then I don't get what the problem is unless you're paying to see Kawhi Leonard. Then it's just like, okay, I get the frustration there. But, like, who cares? That's that that that's my point. I mean, we've seen him come out, and he looked like a robot against the, the Lakers. And, and what else, you know, like, what else do you need to see? Like, do I need to see if he's physically ready? I don't know. Like, it's Kawhi Leonard. I think it's we want to see him play a stretch over like a several weeks where he's playing 30 minutes a game. Okay. It's November 2nd. Yeah. <laughs> That's my point. I know people have this impatience in this, you know, all this other stuff, but I mean, good God guys. We're not even eight, we're eight games into the season for, for one team. Well, if you want to talk about overreactions, we'll bring up one other team. And that is every, so many people climbing out of the woodwork to say, I really don't like that Rudy Gobert trade now. It's not going to work. <laughs> uh, okay, so I think I brought them up last week. Yeah. And I said I'm not going to overreact. I think they were 2-1 and one at that point. I'm not going to overreact, but I don't know about this cat chasing around guys on the perimeter thing on defense. Uh, now, I don't know if you saw Anthony Edwards' latest comments, but they just played the Suns last night. Suns, again, have won five in a row. They've been hot. Uh, you know, Minnesota kept it in, you know, within reach. They were down by as much as, I think, 18. Uh, they got a little spurt there, um, towards the beginning of the fourth quarter. Got it down to, I think it was seven. And then the Suns ended up running away with it because... Cam Johnson caught fire, uh, you know, ended up with 29. Uh, Chris Paul starting to look like Chris Paul again. Good for them. Uh, Mikel Bridges looked great, and Biombo's doing a good job holding the paint down. But on the Timberwolves side, one, D'Angelo Russell does not look good. <laughs> D'Angelo, D'Angelo is struggling. I think he's, te- I think he's teetering. Uh, yeah. Good news is, you know, they've got J Mac. Jordan McLaughlin's been really good at filling in for them. Uh, Jalen Noel has been really solid off the bench for him. But the comment that I wanted to get to, Anthony Edwards was asked about why he hasn't had a single dunk this year. Not a single dunk in seven games. Pretty eye popping, yeah. And his comment goes, "Well, you know, Giannis is like." Or he's like, uh, oh my gosh, what was it? I got, I want to find it verbatim because it was hilarious. Let me, let me, let me, uh, 
It wasn't anything about Popeye's chicken or anything this time? It was not about Popeye's this time. It was not about Popeye's. Uh, I can't just jump over everybody, man. I ain't as tall as Giannis. And basically, he was talking about how Rudy's in the paint. <laughs> everybody's in the paint. I'm only 6'4", uh, 6'5". I can't just jump over everybody, man. I ain't as tall as Giannis. That's exactly what I was going for. Sorry for the uh, little brain fart there. Because everybody be asking me to dunk the ball like it's all peaches and cream. I've got to get a good peaches lane to dunk the ball. Peaches and cream, that was the, the part I wanted. Yeah, peaches and cream was the part I wanted. I've got to get a good lane to dunk the ball. I mm, think like, that's rather an early concern. A good lane. Not the hot take guy, but I think that's an early concern. Mm. Just saying. Just saying. If that's ruining Anthony Edwards' ability to get into a rhythm instead of just being, uh, you know, a guy who knocks down some threes, I mean, he makes his money going into the paint. He's in ta- he's attack minded guy. Uh, I mean, he's been fine without dunking the ball, but like, uh, I think that's still something to keep an eye on. Totally, personally, and then defensively again, cat chasing around these guys on the perimeter. Well, we're eight games in, games in, and he's you know already kind of going rover, I guess. But I, I think my number one concern on that team is D'Angelo Russell, though. Well, if you look at the way that D'Angelo's played in the final year of his contract, and there was already talk before the season, like if somebody was going to get moved to upgrade this team, D'Angelo's he, really young, by the way. So if someone yeah. needs a guard and a shot in the arm, no pun intended, like. He's making a lot of money this year, though. What is he making? Like, is it 30? He is making, yes, 31.37 million. He's making a chunk. So, uh, but he's not playing. Who needs guards? Who needs guards? Yeah. And we talk about how much money they have invested in Gobert and Cat. And you're wanting Edwards to take that next step forward as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Chalk it up to it being early, but we'll see. It's something to keep an eye out for. Yeah, but all right. in comparison to that Clipper situation that we just talked about, those Clippers teams have been together. I'm not, you know, this is a team that has not been together. This is a first-time thing with Gobert. It's a totally different makeup. Playing 30 minutes yeah. a night. That's completely brand new to him. What's well, It's totally different the way they play because they got the two bigs. I think they got to play Nas Reed more. If they're going to lean into that, I love Nas Reed. I think he's been playing great. He was awesome in the game last night against Phoenix. Play him more. I know it's impossible because you got Cat and Rudy, but experiment a little. I don't know. If you want to lean into big ball, play him at the three. Just thinking out loud. Can I, I close on, a, on, on, on something here? Close on something. When it comes to the T-Wolves? Yes. You know it's bad, and nobody wants them. When the T-Wolves would even take Kyrie Irving for D'Angelo Russell right now. That's your closing statement? I knew that would thrill you. <laughs> we avoided it the rest of the podcast, and we get to that. Here's a fun one. Hey, here, here's something fun to, to end a note on here. So it's 3 p.m. Eastern time. You are so disgusted with me right now. At, at 7.30 p.m., I will be covering the rematch, the Cavs and the Celtics. And boy, what a first meeting that was. Probably the game of the year so far. 
You had Donovan Mitchell and Karis LeVert going for 40-plus each in that game. First time that a Cavs duo has done it since LeBron James. And who? Kyrie Irving. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that was a really fun game to watch. I think that uh, the rematch tonight is going to be great. As again, we recorded this on a Wednesday. Grant Williams back for the Celtics. So uh, that's somebody that they did not have because he was suspended for a game for making contact with an official last time. But a uh, fun rematch on the way here. Uh, the Cavs have been fun. They're knocking the lights out of their three-point shots. Dean Wade, Kevin Love, um, Donovan Mitchell. You, you, They're finding guys you know, out there. Jetty, Osmond. Um, they're just knocking them down. They're knocking them down and playing a pace that they like. Uh, defensively, they've been solid. I'm looking forward to this rematch tonight. I think it's going to be fun. Should be. Should be. Did you get a chance to see that overtime game? I saw parts of it. Parts of it, yeah. No, they, I mean, it was a back-and-forth affair. I mean, Tatum has been playing out of his mind. Jalen Brown's been playing out of Every time I look at their box score, they each got like 30-plus. Like, it's crazy how much they're, you know, I want to say carrying the team because, you know, Marcus Smart's big. Malcolm Brogdon's been great. Derek White. But, like, they've been really good. Those two just every night uh, in in complimenting one another. I mean, they're giving them 56-plus a game (laughs) right now if you just go by counting stats. Well, the Cavs are red hot right now, and I mean, yes, they are. still aren't even playing with uh, Darius Garland, who's he's close to coming back. He might be coming back tonight. He might be coming back tonight. So um, they're just making sure that he doesn't have any blind spots uh, in that left eye. Which, by the way, for anybody that was saying it was over-exaggerated, that injury, I think now you know, you know, two weeks later that... Gary got him good. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So, um, you know, not to implicate anything on Gary, but, like, the injury itself for anyone saying he got poked in the eye. Uh, no, that was not a poke in the eye. <laughs> that was a but, scratch cornea that did it, No, damage. a scratched eyelid. Eyelid. Oh. It wasn't. It, he Luckily, his cornea didn't get scratched. It was yeah. the inside of his eyelid. Can you imagine that? Oh. He's going to be wearing goggles, though, so I'm interested in seeing goggles. Uh, Darius Garland, because before that he was DG Wonder. Yeah, because I mean that could, that could be on the sideline. That could be something that can be a tough adjustment. Yeah, yeah, depends. Oh, uh, second point too. Evan Mobley starting to really pick it up on the offensive end. We talked about that yesterday at practice. Um, it's really just reps for him because he didn't have a preseason because of that ankle. Um, but he's starting to really put his head down. Uh, you know, facing up. Hitting mid-rangers, getting into the paint, putting his shoulder down. Uh, he's looked good, and he's getting to the line, too, a lot and making these free throws. So um, big improvements from him. And, um, you know, the unsung hero, Jarrett Allen, should no longer be known as the unsung hero. He is a star. That's my uh, latest point on the Cavs there. Is there any other team you wanted to get to before we get out of here? I know that we're just about past an hour now, but... We didn't really talk too much about the Eastern Conference this week. No, I don't think we need to. <laughs> no. Can we sure. shout out the Bucks real quick? The of Bucks 6-0, I mean, Giannis, Bucks. the best player in the world. And it sounds like Chris Middleton's close to coming back. That's good. Love to hear it. 
But I mean, they're without, you know, uh, Grayson Allen. They don't have Joe Ingles still. They don't have, you know, Pat Connaughton, but they're doing some, some good work right now. Oh my goodness. They're a beast, man. They are a beast. It's, I mean, they're championship contenders. I mean, it's, it shouldn't come as a surprise to us. It's funny that it is still. Well, that's why I picked to them to win the championship. I mean, last year, literally, you can look at it and say, "Oh, Chris Middleton got hurt." <laughs> that's what happened. You know, if this team stays, I mean, healthy, look what Drew, look what Drew's doing. You know, Brooke Lopez, I think, uh, looks as fresh as he's looked in a couple years. I mean, he's been good before. Don't get me wrong, but there's just like another side of him right now. He's. I mean, do you see the output? Offensively, he's putting forward right now. Oh yeah, I mean, you look at. Do, this do you team. see how many threes he's taking? Seven. He's taking seven, and he's in thirty-six percent of them. Imagine telling yourself, a Nets fan, if you're a Nets fan, or you know, back in the late two thousands and early two thousand tens, Brooke Lopez is going to take seven threes a game, and he's going to hit thirty-six percent of them. Unbelievable. So he's it's doing nuts. that. He's leading the league in blocks at three point three at the moment. 3.3 swats a game, and he's crashing the glass. He's averaging seven boards a game, 15.7 boards. A little bit of a renaissance right, for Mr. I mean, Brook Lopez at the moment. Giannis is playing at MVP level like you would expect. Yes. Holiday is playing well. And when this team gets healthy and they build that chemistry with Middleton, you get Ingles back. I mean, hey, these are still going to be tough, but, I mean, the the Bucks are the favorites. I mean, they're favorites going into the season along with the Celtics. And there's no reason to believe they're not still the favorites to come out of the East. I mean, the Cavs have been great. We knew they'd be improved. We'll see if they can keep this up. But Mitchell has played, you know, at MVP level and is averaging, what, 32 points a game or something like that? He's playing out of his freaking mind right now. Mm -hmm. And some of that he's had to do with with Darius being sidelined. But, I mean, the Cavs, I mean, people wondered, like, okay, are they really contenders right now? Or are they still a year away? So far, they look like they're really contenders. They do. They do. And short, shout out to uh, Bobby Portis, by the way, averaging a double-double. Got to say that, too. One of the sure. six-man. He could be a six-man candidate, guys. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on Bobby Portis. Big-time six-man candidate. And you just brought up the Cavs. They're playing the Celtics, like I said, tonight, and I'm going to cover that game. Um, but I had to sneak in that love for the Bucks because they're the only undefeated team left, and there are no winless teams in the NBA, guys. We're only two weeks in. Told you it would be really close. It would be a parody-filled league in 2022-23. Lots more to go. Lots more to talk about. Sorry if we didn't talk about your favorite team this week. We tried to get to that last week and tried to hit all 30. Um, This week we talked about, I think, a third of the league. So uh, probably a little better, too, for the ears so that we're not scrambling all over the place. Sure. But if you want to hear your favorite team get talked about, I'm sure it's on one of our podcasts on the Keep It at 94 and BasketballNews.com podcast network. You can listen to The Dunker Spot with Nikaias Duncan and Steve Jones Jr. You can listen to the Alex Kennedy podcast with Alex Kennedy, the rematch with Aton Thomas, Ditches and, Dishes and Dines with the ladies, and of course, the Rex Chapman show with Josh Hopkins and Clips and Drew. You can subscribe, rate, review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen, and make sure to bas- go to BasketballNews.com to read our features and our great film breakdowns, our college pages up. Matt Babcock's back with his draft big board. Ooh, I wonder who's at the top of that one. We haven't talked about him at all. 
But uh, please make sure uh, I'm going to get my own cheap plug-in to check out my interview with Franz Wagner. That was an exclusive that I got with him last week about his point forward role and what he's doing inside of that paint and uh, sharing the basketball. It's been real fun to watch him. No, it's been not the great start for Orlando. They're one and seven out of the gate, but they've played in some close games. Just got to learn how to close out. That's all it is with that young team. And of course, I uh, talked to uh, Monte Morris as well and did a uh, recent piece on Donovan Mitchell. So you can look at those on basketballnews.com. Ethan Fuller did a solid, solid job on his latest article as well. Um, you can look at Nikias Duncan starting Screen Time, which is a new series that I think people will enjoy, especially if you're into that that nerdy side. But yeah, go to basketballnews.com, download our app, subscribe, rate, review that. Do the same for us on this podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Spin Davies. You can find Brian on Twitter at Brian Fritz. I am on Instagram at Spin Davies. He is on Instagram at It's Brian Fritz. More basketball to come, hopefully less garbage and BS to talk about. Uh, But a very productive episode this week. Glad you were along with the ride. And we will talk to you next time.